What do we do when we find ourselves up against the many leadership challenges that exist within our chosen careers? We all have goals and achievements that we would like to accomplish. Unfortunately, these desires don't come equipped with insight or awareness on how to bring these accomplishments to light. In essence, this is why the Dream Octane Niche Finder Framework was formed. Our founder, Clifton C. Manning, spent the first 17 of his 20-year career in healthcare working with physicians and healthcare leaders to achieve patient-centric goals while possessing only an associate's degree in applied science. At times, these challenges were daunting, and he felt unqualified to achieve the success he wanted. However, he focused on becoming intentional in reading every leadership book that he could find, as well as attending frequent seminars in areas where he saw opportunities to improve. Over time, as he applied insights gained from these various sources, he was able to successfully and efficiently cross the hurdles he found himself up against. Eventually, varying degrees of success within his sphere of leadership influence became more evident. The Niche Finder podcast is intended to bring similar insight to you, the listener, from those who have achieved some level of noteworthy success in their chosen career. Our hope is that the challenges they have overcome in the past will provide insight for your current leadership struggles and unlock the dream of achieving success in your own career. We believe that if innovative change is an engine, your unique dreams and abilities could be its fuel. And now I present to you the host of the Niche Finder podcast, Clifton C. Manning. I want to welcome you to this version of the Niche Finder podcast. Today, we're privileged to have Anne L. Cardin. She's been in the business for 40 years. She's uh, had multiple businesses. This is actually her sixth business. Her business is more about how can you get your, your business to have high ticket and high net worth clients. And this is something I'm sure many entrepreneurs are interested in. And her brand is Expert in You. And so without further ado, I want to introduce the Niche Finder podcast to Anne L. Cardin. Thank you for being on our program today. Thank you so much for having me. It is my honor and pleasure to be here. All right, excellent. So to get right into it, why would the audience have a vested interest in your journey? Well, I, I know that I have a lot of experience and a lot of mistakes that I can help them not make, <laughs> uh, which is really what I got into coaching for. I didn't want people to have to go through all of the struggles. And I like to say the blood, sweat and tears the same way I did when I was building businesses. And I just knew that over time, as I built up all of that experience and that expertise and knowledge, I knew that it was such a great way to help other people have faster success. Mm. Uh, what roadblocks did you run in at the start of your journey? Oh my goodness. What didn't I run into? You know, my first business went global before the internet, before all the technology that we have mm. today. And wow. I was shipping all over the world and I had to do things the old fashioned way where you had to actually had to, you know, run ads and magazines and things like that. And that's how I was able to do that. But, um, there were so many. There are so many stories, Cliff. I could tell you about business and having to build resiliency. Times where I thought we wouldn't make it in business and would have lost everything, but instead we leaned in. We went bold. We, I made big moves. I took big risks, and it all paid off in the end. You know, I was able to sell five of those businesses that at one time. A couple of those, I wasn't sure I was even going to still stay in business. And and so I think those are all really important lessons. You know, I've been through 9-11, Y2K, 
uh, the recession of 2008, the pandemic. I mean, you Nate, there have been so many things through the years that I have had to overcome and I'm still here. And I really believe people have that opportunity if they're just willing to do the work and, and be resilient and, and give it everything they have. You can build wealth from, from business. I don't think there's anything else out there that can build wealth in the same way that businesses can. Mm. What internal struggles did you find yourself up against? Internal. You know, I think uh, obviously ups and downs. When you are going through ups and downs, you start to question a lot of times. You start to wonder whether you're doing the right thing. But I think in the end, you really have to just trust your gut and not always listen to what's going on in your head, but Mm. really listen to your gut. And you know, were you called to do what you're doing? I I feel like in every one of my businesses that I started, it was a calling. It was something that I truly felt like I was supposed to be doing. And it's like the doors always opened. Those, my path was always uh, laid out for me in, in some ways. And I think that you just have to believe in your own abilities enough and don't be afraid if there's something that you don't know or you feel like, okay, this is a gap in my skill set or in my knowledge, don't be afraid to invest in that and learn that. I'm consistently doing that with my clients. You know, I, I run masterminds, high-end masterminds, and I, you know, work with clients one-to-one. And if there's something that I see that they need that maybe isn't my expertise, I'm the first one to go find someone who is excellent at that, invest in that, learn it so I can now bring it to my clients. And when I think back to all of my years, in business. I was always doing that. I was always trying to stay at the top of my game and always being cutting edge. And that is the thing that that always set me apart in the industry. I always say, I want my competition chasing me. I don't want to be chasing Mm. them. And I think when you look at it that way, you will, you'll really start believing, look, I can learn anything. I'm capable of learning anything and I'm capable of doing anything that I'm willing to put the effort into. Mm. So Eleanor Roosevelt has a great quote. She says, no one can make you feel inferior without your consent. During your journey, what external struggles did you find yourself up against? Yes. So I I think probably one of the biggest ones that I I recall a lot when I'm talking about my past experience, um, I can tell you two actually, but one was when I was running two businesses And uh, I had a health club and I had a weight loss center and I was running those and they were very, very successful. We had just expanded. We had, uh, when I say me, my husband is my silent partner. I'm always the driver of the business, but I don't, I don't take out big loans and put our house up against a loan unless I have his, you know, his okay to do that. So that's Mm -hmm. what I mean when I say we, but I always ran my businesses and, and was always really on my own there. But I can remember, uh, I was at a crossroads in my business where I really needed to expand. We had just outgrown the facility. Um, and so we we found a huge, you know, 16,000 square foot building that was going to need all the build out. It was a big warehouse. It was it didn't have anything. It didn't have bathrooms. It didn't have showers. It didn't have anything to be a health club. And we and we decided to take out a loan to go all in on that because I, I knew that I needed to make that decision. But we put everything up that we that we owned everything we had worked years for our you know property and our home and everything to to do that 
right after we made that decision, we had we had the two we had a recession. Also, I had a very low price competitor come in right down the street from me. Now, now you hear about $19 clubs. Back then that wasn't a thing. And I was a high-end club. I had the doctors and the lawyers and the, you know, the people that were well established in my facility, and we charged high fees. And this very, very low-end club came in. We also hit a recession. So anyone that wasn't well off, the first thing they wanted to do obviously was jump ship to the lower mm. price club. And at that time it was just the one business, but we had just taken out this big loan and and you know done all this. It was scary. It was so scary. But I actually added another business to that and then I made the decision to open two more locations or in two more two more businesses in one location and I went in even bigger. And I had four businesses at one time. Now, at that time, my philosophy was, well, if I can't make the same money I was making in this one business, I, I will open up some more and, and, you know, sort of expand that market. But it, it really turned out to be one of the best decisions that we ever made. Uh, I was able to sell all four of those businesses. They, you know, they were highly successful. I stuck with it. I worked hard and it worked out. It worked out really well, but it was scary and it was hard. And it was, it, when I say it was a lot of blood, sweat, tears, it really was. Um, so that was one thing. But also when I came into the coaching space, I want to talk about this because the thing that brought me, and this is what I, where I say that opportunities are always presented to us. The thing that really brought me to the business model that I have now and my programs and the services that I offer are the fact that I went through a lot of the mistakes and a lot of the stuff that's taught in the industry to coaches and consultants. And I saw a lot of coaches and consultants struggling. I wasn't hitting the levels that I wanted that I knew I was capable of hitting. I wasn't fulfilled as a coach and a consultant because of the way I was being taught to build my business. And I was so frustrated. And I even talk about this in my book. It was actually the thing that that made me want to write the book. I was so frustrated with the industry that I almost quit. And after building five other businesses, that's really saying something. But I thought this is this is just ridiculous. This the stuff that uh, people are being taught, the things that that they're doing. Um, is this what I signed up for? Like, is this really what coaching is all about? And I just was so discouraged with it. Um, I took a step back. That was the thing that made me take a step back, like I always did in every adversity. And I said, what is wrong here? What is wrong with this picture? And this was after investing probably $240,000 in the industry to learn, no. to keep mm. trying. I kept trying the next thing, kept trying the next thing. What is wrong? Why isn't this working? And what I discovered is really just the way people are being taught to build their business. I think back in the day when people first came online, the value ladder model was a great model. I think you didn't have everyone trying to do it. it now it's like a sea of sharks. You know, it's like the bloody waters, I like to say. Mm -hmm. And so I, I said, look, what, why isn't this working and what can be changed here? And that's where I came up with the method that I have now. And when I shifted that, when I made that shift in my own business, and then I, and then I started helping other people make the shift, it changed their life. It completely changed their lives and it changed my life as well. And so I am super passionate about the model that I teach. Mm. 
you know, I was reading something um, by Theodore Roosevelt, and he has a quote that says, there are all kinds of things that I was afraid of, ranging from grizzly bears to mean horses to gunfighters. Uh, but by acting as if I was not afraid, I gradually cease to be afraid. In your journey, what conflicts did you find yourself up against and what epiphany did you discover from that? Well, I think uh, if I go back to, you know, a lot of those things that I already talked about, I always, the one thing that I always focused on is I know there's a solution. I know there is a solution to this problem. I know there is a solution to overcome this situation. And I even tell my clients that uh, so often when I, especially I saw this a lot when I worked with small business owners and they would get so stuck on what was going on, an employee that needed to be fired or let go or mm -hmm. something that was going on. And I would say, look, let's not focus on the problem. Let's focus on what we can do about the problem. That's where the change is going to happen. And so I live by that philosophy, but sometimes you still can go down that, that deep hole where it's like, Oh, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? But the one thing that I've learned is I have to pull myself out of that very quickly and say, okay, Anne, you know, you know, this is a bump in the road. It's not the end. And you need to focus on the solution and how you can overcome this. And that has served me really well. And it also serves me really well with my clients. Hmm. So that's what I consider to be your journey. This next portion now I want to talk about is your niche. And I see the niche as being five things. Is first off, your passions. The second, your what do you do that feels purposeful? Patterns is the third one. Proficiency is what you've learned to do well over time. And then the fifth one is problem solving, which also involves problem finding. So if we go up back up to the top, what passions do you have or what have you passions have you had that you now see is being utilized in your your niche today oh well i just i truly have a passion and a heart to help people however i'm not only about that i am also a believer i have a lot of missions and things that i like to support as well and i like to have a nice life style so i am a believer that you can have both passion and profits and that is what I teach. I, one without the other is imbalanced to me because you can have a, if you only want to impact, you can't have a big impact if you have no money or you're always struggling or you're, so th that's the first thing. Um, I, so I, I just believe that, um, as you know, this is my passion to, to make a difference and help other people, but also my bigger mission, which is, um, I have a heart for kids. So I love to give anything to kids, missions, adoption. There's so many, you know, sick kids. There's so many uh, different organizations that I like to give to. And that is my bigger picture uh, goal to maybe down the road, do something even bigger in, in that area. So. Mm -hmm. Lovely. What do you do that feels purposeful? What do you do that when you do it, you feel like I was made for this moment? Mm. Everything I do with my clients, everything really I do in my business. I feel like this is the best business in the world when I get to help people. And, you know, I ran uh, two health clubs, two weight loss centers for years. I coached and, and helped thousands of people in the fitness and health and fitness industry. So I think I've always kind of been a natural coach. I was always in management and leadership. Um, even when I was in corporate, I, I managed, you know, loads of people within that organization. So it's always been 
really a piece of me and who I am, I don't think that I could be fulfilled in a job that I wasn't helping in some way, shape or form. So that is my purpose. That's And it's so great that I get to wake up every day and do this. What patterns do you have? What do you do naturally well? Mm, patterns are uh, consistency. Um, I am very consistent in everything that I do. I'm a, I am so good at blocking my time and using my time. I'm also someone that loves early morning and that's my best time of the day. So I am a get up, go at it kind of person. And though I've been doing those things for years, 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 I, that's never changed. Um, so those are also the things that I try to teach and instill, you know, into my clients as well is to build those, those same core values and, and patterns into what they're doing. Excellent. What are your proficiencies? What have you learned to do well over time? I have this ability in my business, and I think this is one of the things that makes me really good at what I do, if I do say so myself, is being able to understand the value of other people, what they can bring to the market. So I am able to take people who were charging by the hour and selling their services like a commodity to getting ultra high-end clients and big deals because I can see their value where they can't and I can show them how to package that and sell that in a different way. And it's just, it is, I'm sure a lot of that has been learned, but I also think there's a gift to that, that I'm able to really see into everything that they're doing and wow, we could put all of this together and look at the impact you can make, the bigger impact you can make. So I would say that is one of the, one of the things that makes me very different. Mm. What problems do you solve? What do people come to you to solve in a unique way? Yes, yeah, so I solve a couple of problems. Their business is not going where they want it to go. They know that there are, you know, better things that bigger things that they could be doing. Um, they come to me because they know they should be getting paid more for what they're doing, but they don't know how to find the right clients or really how to do that. But they very much like I did when I came into the space and I was taught to sell little short programs, eight week programs, 12 week, or 12 week programs. I even hired a coach one time and worked with her and she said, Ann, you'll never get people to pay you for a year. You'll never get that in this industry. Well, she was wrong, first of all. That was just wrong advice. But that's the kind of advice that people are getting out there. And so uh, what when people come to me, like with me, I was not fulfilled only doing an eight-week or a 12-week with somebody and then sending them on their way to go look for the next thing and piecemealing their business together when I knew that I could do so much more with them. So that's really the same situation when my clients come to me. They know they're, they can do more. They know there's more for them. There's more impact. There's more money. There's more business for them. They just don't know how to put the pieces together. And so mm. that's where I help them. Mm. Excellent. So I appreciate you sharing that about your niche. Now I want to get your secrets, but the secrets that you're going to share with the audience is going to be like you speaking to your younger self. So what one secret would you share with your younger self to help accelerate your younger self from where they are at that moment in time to where you are today? Mm. Well, definitely definitely invest in help and in yourself. And I say when you're investing in help, you are investing in yourself. Um, it, you know, 
If I would have had an Ann all those years ago coaching me, mm-hmm. I can't even imagine what I would have been able to accomplish in business because I know what I've been able to not only do in this business, but also in other people's businesses, you know, helping them add millions and millions of dollars to their business. And, I, I, you know, if I could have done that back then, that would have been such a game changer. Um, so that would be one. That's probably the biggest thing because business has been such a huge part of my life. I would have to say, you know, getting that help, investing in that help and continuing to grow yourself. Don't get, you know, don't get stuck Um, and don't think you ever know it all because you don't. I consistently continue to invest in myself to learn new things and learn what I do not know and learn from people doing bigger and better things than me. Mm. What secret do you have that's a must have to getting started and staying committed? You have to be, you have to make the commitment. You know, a lot of people say burn the ships, right? Mm-hmm. Burn, burn the boats. They're, that's so true. If you don't think that you're going to stick with it, um, if you don't think that you can do it, then you're not ready for entrepreneurship. You, you shouldn't do it because it is probably one of the hardest things you'll ever do in your life. Look, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with being an employee. But when you show up and you're paid a paycheck, it is a very different situation than when you have to go out and you have to earn your every single day what you are making in your business. And if you don't, if you're not doing the right things, if you're not putting in the hard work, that's not going to happen and you'll starve. So uh, you have to go all in. And I, I just really believe that. And I, you know, with entrepreneurs especially, and I, I tell clients this a lot. Um, somebody, one of my clients, was going through a really difficult personal time. He's he's a fairly new client. I've only been working with him for a little over thirty days, and so everything kind of stopped. And and we were building some momentum, and everything kind of stopped because he had to deal with kind of a life issue, which needed his attention. Nothing wrong with that. But on our call, he said, I'm having a really hard time getting back into the groove. And so this was the advice that I gave him. I said, if you had a job, would you still be showing up? He said, yes. I said, if you had a business where you had to go to that business every day, it was a brick and mortar business. You had staff, you had a team, you had to open the doors, you had to run that business and you had rent to pay and you had overhead, would you still show up? And he said, yes. And I said, there's your answer right there. You have to still show up. You have to still do the work. You don't give yourself a choice. And that's, if people can understand that, they can succeed. Mm. Um, Now that you've discovered your niche, how challenging is it for you to do what you do? It is challenging in the sense that I I am always working to shift people's mindsets around all of the stuff they've been taught. And it's also challenging in the fact that by the time my clients come to me, they've already invested in loads of stuff and tried other stuff. And so I have I have a new client. I've been working with her about 90 days. I just did a, an interview with her yesterday where she was sharing uh, what's happened in her business since we started working together. And she was the one that was charging me the hour. And now she's landed three very, very high-end clients. But she's also now developed some really high-end partnerships, like with banks all across Canada, who want her to come in and speak, and they're going to feed her business. And so that all happened because she said when she when, when she made the decision to hire me or, and work with me, 
she actually took out a loan to do it. And she said, this is my last, this is the last time I'm kicking this can down the road because she had invested in so many things and she had done that. So sometimes it's, it's, they're tapped out. They're tapped out sometimes financially by the time they get to me. That's the biggest challenge that I have. Mm. How frequently should someone work on developing their niche? I think you should always keep your opportunities open. And the whole thing about developing a niche too, is it just simplifies your business. It just, if you know who you're, who you're trying to target, if you know what you're trying to do, if you know what you're offering, it just simplifies your business so much. But I also believe that you have to be open-minded enough that if the market changes or if something like we just went through a pandemic, right? Um, a lot of people had to pivot. Uh, I know, for example, entrepreneurs, marketers, where maybe they were only selling to dentists, they had to completely shift their entire market because everything changed in the pandemic. Dentists couldn't be in their office. They couldn't work with people. So you have to be open-minded enough to do that and to know when you have to when you have to make that pivot or make that shift so you always need to be evaluating in business there's no you can't stay you can't always keep doing the same thing and expect the, the same results things change in a market business evolves and you have to be willing to do that too you don't have to get so far off course from what you were doing i'm not saying that your expertise doesn't change it's just your market might have to change and I change people's markets all the time when they come to me. We either up level in the market that they're in because we're helping them get bigger and better clients, or we have maybe have to shift their market completely and rebrand them because they're going after a market where there's no money or there's just not enough money for them to have a successful business. So it is an important thing to consistently evaluate. Mm. Well, last question that I have for you, how do you know when it's time to change course versus staying focused on your goal? I think when you've exhausted everything, it's time to change course. Um, but sometimes that doesn't mean it has to be a big change. Sometimes it can mean a shift. But when I say exhausted everything, part of the biggest, uh, one of the biggest problems with entrepreneurs, coaches, consultants is they change too fast. They don't even give mm -hmm. something enough time. They're looking for the next shiny object. They think the next thing is magic. They, they don't have enough insight and depth in their experience and their knowledge to realize that they need to just stay the course. I always say, trust the process. Look for people too that are already doing it and have proven track records. That also can help as well, but you have to stay with it long enough to really make sure. Uh, I always say a good rule is one market, one offer, one one year, <laughs> um, you know, one area of focus. Stay the course for a year. If it doesn't work after that time, then you can shift. Uh, the people that aren't successful are the ones that jump around. The people that get really focused and, and stay that course, they're the ones that have the most success. Mm. I love it. Zig Ziglar has a quote. He says, it's not what happens to you. It's how you handle what happens to you that's going to make the difference. And I can hear it in your journey and how you're sharing with your clients that this is something that uh, you're actually uh, a billboard for that that quote. <laughs> you, 100%. You, <laughs> that is a great quote. <laughs> and so if people want to get in contact with you, how would they go about doing that? 
Yes, but you can find me on social media. I'm on link. I'm very active on LinkedIn. I'm on Facebook. I have a YouTube channel. Uh, but if you want to book a call, if you want some help, you can uh, do that at acarden.com. Or you can check out my website. So you'll have no trouble finding me. And I love to connect. So please connect with me. I love to build relationships with people. And that's part, a big part of why I come on podcast and do this. So I can get to know more people and new people and, and just build relationships. So I'm all about connection. Excellent. And for our niche finder community, for those who want to get in contact with us, you know that um, our goal is really to provide clarity, specificity, and help you to achieve authenticity in the work that you're sharing. And we believe that if innovative change is, is an engine, your unique dream and ability could be its fuel. We want to thank Anne for being part of our program today. And we look forward to having the very next guest who can help you on your journey towards success. Thanks again. Thank you.